Port Harcourt's top cop in a chock-a-block cheap chump chop shop prepped to play a pretty loud to displace the crazed crowd so the poor cop could pick a pork chop. What? The only podcast, Port Harcourt's top cop in a chock-a-block cheap chump chop shop prepped to play a pretty loud to displace the crazed crowd so the poor cop could pick a pork chop. Sort of lost me in the middle there. I mean, it's definitely a tongue twister, but it sort of lost me. Um, I'm your host, Sam Ray. This is another episode of Contrived and Insufferable, the improv podcast. Uh, the imp- like, like it's the only one. I guess there are others. There definitely are. I've listened to a lot of them. Uh, I'm here with uh, my guest, Richard Pulsford. Hello. Uh, how have you been? Uh, <laughs> I have just walked from the centre of Brighton and realised how far it is. Yeah, that's so I'm that's a little bit a breathless. Yeah, yeah I bet. Catch that's, my breath. That's definitely a walk. Yeah. Uh, well done. I thought it was cold down here, but it's not anymore. <laughs> no, it's well. It depends. Yesterday was freezing. Yeah. Today's no, hot. I feel hot after the walk. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's it's a weird one. So um, you're a comedian and writer. Uh, is that would that be fair? Yes. Yeah. How. Oh, no pressure. No pressure immediately no. when someone says that, I feel <laughs> obliged to make some sort of joke. But I'll, no, I know that will come. That will come. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's it's always strange to think of yourself as like an artist. Yes. Just, well, <laughs> if, if you paint that, or something, then you you've sort of got something to show for it. But as a comedian, it's like yeah, yeah people expect you to. Yeah. Well, tell it, us a joke then. To, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Tell us a joke. That is, that's a that's a bad thing to it's hear. Horrendous as a, as a person. <laughs> tell us yeah. a joke. Uh, a friend of mine who is a very experienced improviser, um, someone asked her about improv at a, at a party and so she explained to them about what it was. And then they sort of explained it back to her, but like as a correction. Like, no, actually, it's this. And it's like, well, why did you ask them <laughs> if you already knew? And also, what are you talking about? It was a, it was a weird one. So this is a, an improv podcast, as um, as has been mentioned. And... And do you find that autocorrect always changes improv to improve? Improve, yep. yeah. As if, as if there is no such thing as improv. It has to no, be changed. It has to be improved. Yeah. Or, or it wants to put in the full improvisation, which is like, oh. I don't have time for that. <laughs> I ain't got time to fill all those words. Um, it's an improv podcast. And uh, to facilitate this, in the centre of the table is a device that makes that sound. At any point, anyone who feels like they want to uh, can initiate a scene. Um, hit the bell to start it and hit the bell to end it. Um, any any player can start the scene or stop the scene. My co-host Annie Harris is not with us today. She's doing other projects. So it's just me. So you're going to have to deal with my dreary nasal tones, I'm afraid. Um, but rest assured, it's going to be a good episode. I guarantee it. That's a big guarantee. I've just put us in both of us. Yes, in, in even quite, more pressure quite a pickle now. <laughs> this has to be the best episode we've ever done. It'll be the best one we've ever done. So I, so I spend, uh, yeah, <laughs> by definition. Yes. Um, so I, I usually spend some time before these episodes trying to find sort of like light-hearted, fun, weird news stories to to talk about. You know, keep it light. Um, and my usual sources, as has come up a few times. My usual sources just end up with like dreary, like murder news. Most but, news is though, isn't yeah, it? It's depressing it, by almost it, by definition. Exactly, and or or it's just, it's just like this person got murdered in a weird way, or somebody like their pet killed them or something. I know, like that old thing of 
But um, if a dog bites a man, that's not news. And if a man bites a dog, that is news, yeah. right? So those people need to remember that because these are stories like literally dog bites man. Yeah. <laughs> not interesting. <laughs> Nobody cares about that. But here we go. And I, I didn't find manage to find much, but there was a story here. Um, uh, it was an update to a previous story, which I didn't catch, but I couldn't get to the story because it was behind a, like a GDPR block. Huh. So I couldn't get to it. So all I could get was the Reddit uh, highlight of it. And it says, update, Loudon's Randy Peacock is still on the loose. <laughs> <laughs> so somewhere out there in oh a God. place. <laughs> Any clues as to where it might what? be? There's nothing in there. No. Oh my God. There's nothing in here. There's just, there's a quote from somebody, a quote from the article that somebody, presumably a quote, uh, the only thing he likes more than sex uh, is cat food. Huh. So... There we go. That's, so that's all we know about this peacock. Best to carry around some cat food just in case. Just in case. <laughs> Randy Peacock uh, is upon you. Um, so uh, warning to everyone out there. Yeah. Just keep an eye out I, for, for peacocks. May not walk back. Yeah, get maybe yeah, get the bus. Yeah, yeah very few peacocks on buses. Um, just that's just a you know it's just a truism, isn't it? If you there aren't many peacocks on buses. Yeah, I think that is absolutely true. My granddad used to say that all the time. Yeah, I didn't know what he meant at the time, but. No. Now I get it. So, um, was it foul play? <laughs> I think it might have been. Yes. Uh, so, what of your uh, what are you, what are your recent projects? What are your ongoing? Yeah. Things. So, I have a solo stand-up comedy show, which mm-hmm. is my kind of regular fare. Uh, last year, I developed a spoken word show about mm-hmm. the First World War. It was coming up to the centenary of the 1918 armistice. So I knew that members of my family had fought and died in that conflict on both sides. So I wanted to develop a talk to kind of uh, be like an act of remembrance for them, but also for me just to find out more information about them. Mm -hmm. So uh, I've been doing that show in Brighton for three performances, which finished today. And I also have a new project this year, which is combining comedy and history together into yeah. the podcast that I'm doing yeah. called It Just So Happened and that was uh, in like a panel format and that was today and yesterday mm-hmm. also in Brighton so I've actually finished my runs and uh, so that's had four editions now excellent two uploaded and two which I will now upload two in the Brighton, pipeline so yeah and the It Just So Happened podcast is uh, every show is unique so there's a different panel each time and it is a show in two halves the first half concentrates on the date of the show mm-hmm. so today's 5th of May events and people in history based on 5th of May so yeah. uh, that's for the panellists to kind of work out some material around sure. and for myself and then the second half of the show is about the city or the town that the show is taking place in so oh, in right. this case Brighton yeah a lot and of history educational for me because I'm coming to a place like Brighton I don't visit yeah very often only once before and find out a lot about the place and it gives the people on the panel who are more likely to be local a chance to talk about their own oh wow place where they live as well so, yeah yeah there's a, a friend of mine does um historical tours uh, a guy called rick morris he does historical tours of brighton um but especially to do with like the history of uh gay culture yeah. around around the city and not just you know and it's not just from the 80s you know, and onwards before that and things probably as well. goes back a long way yeah but yeah it's, it's interesting and before it was you know I mean obviously 
Well, it was a culture. It must have been. There's, it's part well, of humanity, but... I saw a quote about the pavilion. That mm. I, I've not been inside, but apparently it's very gaudy inside. And, and, yeah. yeah, so someone saw, there was a quote. Someone said, oh, the Prince Regent must have had a lot of gay friends. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly... It really is. It yeah. is Baroque, to is say it? the Do least. I, yeah. yeah. Uh, despite not being of the period. Um, I... As I, I trained in, in music, I did quite a bit of classical music. So huh. yeah. Baroque, to me, means something very... Baroque is like a specific thing. <laughs> Whereas in English, on the whole, it's like just an adjective. Yeah. Whereas, So I sometimes get tripped up with that. And people describe something as Baroque and I'm like, what with harpsichords? And yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, well, filigree. It's Baroque and roll, not... <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's those are interesting projects. What um, did you find out? Uh, were there sort of uncomfortable truths about researching your family? Was it? Uh, thankfully, no. Uh, but I did uncover things. That I, I kept sort of finding things and was going, "Wow!" And I was kind of messaging people, going, "Look what I've just found." So uh, I could probably talk about the show without spoiling it. Uh, yeah. In that, for example, I found out. Um, how can I explain? One of my great uncles died at sea. Mm-hmm. And his uh, boat was torpedoed by a U-boat and, and sunk with all hands lost. Um, but I wanted to find out as much as I could about that particular last trip for that boat. Yeah. So I found out all about the German commander of the U-boat and the people on board the boat. And uh, so it was a crew of 20. And I couldn't find out about some of the crew, but I could find out about others. And one really stood out. It's from Southampton. It turns out that he had been on board the Titanic in 1912 oh working on that and survived that sinking yeah but not only that it was actually in uh, the lifeboat where only 11 people it should have held 40 uh, there's only 11 in it and they didn't go back to the rescue site so they had to give testimony to the inquiry investigation into the disaster to explain why they hadn't picked up other survivors yeah and only looked after themselves and in the end they're all exonerated but this guy called Pusey uh, therefore gave testimony. So I've got a record of some of the things he said to that mm-hmm. inquiry. But not only that, they were picked up by the Carpathian photographed. So I actually have a photograph with him in it. Oh, wow. And I can go, oh, right, that guy was on board the boat that my great-uncle was God. killed on six years later. And so then I kind of thought, well, actually, what this research has shown me is there's only two degrees of separation between myself and someone who, were, who was on board the Titanic, yeah, yeah. via my great-uncle and grandma. So, that's wow, I just never. Isn't it? You kind of think about things like the Titanic. It, yeah. It's just like it's history, but it's it's detached. It's mm-hmm. a long time ago. But actually, yeah, it, it's well, not, our connections yeah. are there, aren't they? Yeah, 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 we're 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 in a living, connected network. Very much of people. So. Yeah. yeah, we'll probably find that we're related in some well, way I'm that sure. we don't know yet. Some, yeah. <laughs> well, the the um, uh, I think it's a truism. I think it's provable that if you have any ancestors after ten thousand years you're almost certainly related to about 25% of the Earth's population. So, because right. genes spread yeah. so broadly, and even, even 10,000 years ago, they, they spread pretty wide. So when people are like, oh, I'm a descendant of Charlemagne or... Yeah, well, so or I was going to say Charlemagne. Julius, that seems Julius to be the C. one that, that always comes up. up. It's like, yeah, it's yeah. actually fairly likely that yeah. if, you live in, if you live in Europe, yeah. you're a descendant because... Yeah, yeah. Because of the the way human interbreeding works, yeah. <laughs> to be frank, yeah, it's it's a it's just a fact. But um, yeah, sort of dry statistical facts can uh, take away a bit of the, the the magic of these 
coincidental connections that we have to even our recent past. Because I, I was thinking the other day, it was maybe yesterday or the day before, I was like, the the First World War ended 100 years ago. And then it's sort of like, I had to just sort of sit with that for a minute and just think, that was 100 years ago yeah. that the one of the biggest conflicts in Earth's history yeah. ha- happened. And it seems like so long ago that it that it isn't even part of today and also that seems incredibly recent yeah because i because i'm talking about great uncles yeah of mine so it's not even you know like a great great grandfather or something. yeah it's just a great uncle it's not that far removed no and also the conflict didn't really finish in 1918 I mean, it did on the western front yeah. but it carried on in other areas other arenas it sort of stretched out yeah, well, well into the 20s oh right oh okay um, I, wasn't, I didn't know about in that. terms of uh, you know revolutions and, and, and the new countries effect. becoming created and, and so yes. on so it wasn't it's never neat which is kind of what comes out of my talk as well the fact that I had people who fought on both sides yeah thankfully never on the same front confronting each other uh, but certainly what comes out of my research is it there's nothing black and white about it nothing uh, it's it's all very nuanced and yeah um quite complicated complex complicated different fronts sure. that people fought on etc um and also the war at sea which a lot of people don't know about they think about france and the trenches mm-hmm. but actually there was a lot that went on at mm-hmm. sea to keep the the channels clear there was u-boat activity etc in fact oh, i was mentioning this u-boat commander mm-hmm who uh so they they sank the boat that my great uncle was on and he he was uh engaged in another activity three nights later where his u-boat was sunk about half the sailors drowned but about half of them including the commander were picked up and uh they ended up being interrogated in london so there's a record that you can look up for the uh what his attitude was and the information he gave and things Mm -hmm. like that but then they were sent to a pow camp which was in yorkshire Mm -hmm. And my great uncle was from Yorkshire, and the, the 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 boat was lost. All hands were lost, and there was no bodies recovered. But this POW commander ended up living in Yorkshire, even as a POW. After the war. Uh, yeah, but only for a year because he got he got the flu, and died. Oh my god! Uh, so he ended up being buried with Commonwealth soldiers, right in Yorkshire. Yeah. But my great uncle, there was no body. He was lost at sea. But even more fascinating, I didn't know at all, was that there's a graveyard cemetery in Staffordshire, Mm -hmm. which holds about 5,000 graves for Germans and Austrians lost in the First World War and and others, including this this chap, this submarine commander. Yeah. So as part of my research, I went to visit this German sub-commander's grave, killed in 1919 by the flu. Yeah. But he'd lived in Yorkshire. Oh, before wow. he died so it's just really complicated yeah, yeah. sort of stuff yeah yeah big the big yeah. interlinked chains of people god that's extraordinary i never knew this place existed as well it was a, like this massive cemetery in staffordshire it's easy it's to think of the uk not being uh quite as affected by the first world war and the second world war i think mm. i think a lot of people have the idea that that you know it's all happening in europe obviously the blitz and things and the and the bombing in the uk was a was a serious deal yeah. but it was also i think i don't think people realize quite the uh quite the impacts that those war, wars world wars had on their on this country well even in the first world war there was uh like zeppelin attacks mm-hmm. so people i think people died from that so it's like effectively the first aerial bombing it was right. actually in the first world war oh, yeah. and then like all the shipping that was lost as well i think maybe yeah. even up to half the tonnage was lost and so 
you know, it did affect, it, it was quite close to home in that sense. Yeah, so where definitely. my great uncle's ship was lost happened to be in the North Sea, not far from the town where he grew up. Oh my God. Yeah. That's, yeah, sure. My, my grandfather was um, a field surgeon in the Second World War um, in Burma. In, wow. Yeah. So they were fighting alongside the Americans against the Japanese at the time. Hmm. Uh, and it's, it's, a, it's a funny part of my history of my family being largely Quaker pacifists, <laughs> but also, uh, you know, he was, I mean, he was a surgeon in the war, but he was in the war and it, it, mm. he didn't really, he never really talked about it. No. As they, being, uh, well, I mean, obviously, presumably, partly because it was uh, horrific and yeah. uh, he was sewing people up to go back out there and, and what, die, what, presumably. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, it was, uh, it's a strange, strange thing to think about that only two generations ago, mm-hmm. it was... Uh, a worldwide conflict. Have you got a? If you got a buzz, it's like a fly that's buzzing, buzzing around my there? ears. Sorry if that's coming through on the recording. I'm going to. We're going to take a short break while I get to the root of this strange buzzing that's here. It's not a peacock, is it? Let's, de- um, let's hope. think you shouldn't have shot that peacock <laughs> i can't help it um i was only going to throw a tin of cat food at it I well that would have been sufficient that's sometimes a randy peacock has to go down for the rest of us to live he threatened our way of life so <laughs> he had to go um i have swapped microphones i think there is some interference on the cable so if there was something on the recording um my sincere apologies to the listener i will fix it I can't have bad audio quality on my podcast. No, I spent it, too long with all this shit. Look at all this. Listeners, you should see what's in this place. Yeah. All I have is like a handheld recorder for mine. And that's, this all you, is, that's all you need, really. Yeah. I mean, this is all superfluous to you. It's, uh, I'm, a, I'm an overdoer. <laughs> <laughs> I overdo things. It's too much money as well. Like, look at, look at yeah, yeah, thanks to the, um, the mum fund. For, uh, <laughs> for always helpful for funding some of this. You can always uh, offer her some freshly shot peacock. Yes, oh yeah. I wonder what peacock tastes like. Probably bad. I can't. They don't look <laughs> with all the shrapnel that's in it. Well, the, shra- the the yeah. amount, the fact that I, you know, I had to use my antique blunderbuss full of yeah. just bits of jagged metal. But also, you know, what humans are as much as um, would decimate the the wildlife with, by eating it seem to be fairly picky about what kinds of animals we actually do eat. It doesn't tend to be... Like, it's not a huge it range, depends. is it? If you're French, I think you're probably less picky. Yeah. But, so, but yeah. Well, everyone has their own uh, their own lines, obviously, but it seems people seem to be... Uh, I don't know. There seems to be a fairly limited number of animals that... Come on, this is the only chance you're going to get to taste peacocks. So. That's true. I guess tuck in. Yeah. We'll just, Let's just grab a leg. find out. Yeah. Hmm. Uh... No, bad. I'm not sure about the leg, but <laughs> a wing maybe. A wing. I don't. I don't know. I can't imagine what's. I guess what's under all those feathers. A, a bird. Probably not a lot. Probably not. It's all just for display, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Can't eat the feathers. Turns out, uh, no good. You can't eat the feathers. That's the. If you but, can take anything away from this episode. But an incredible fan. If you were getting yeah. hot in home, yeah, if yeah. it ever gets that way. Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah. With that that yeah. huge fan. Yeah. You'd never be hot again. 
with a fan like that. <laughs> I don't know that how. would be your biggest fan. It would be. Oh, to have a, to have a fan such as that. So, whilst we were whilst we were solving um, technical difficulties, and speaking of uh, international conflict and the like. No, where is it? Come on, he's pasted this one in. Okay. Um, there was a story a few a few weeks ago about uh, that there was a whale harassing Norwegian ships somewhere. Um, hang on, let me just bring it up. Whale harassing Norwegian boats may be Russian operative, experts say. So there was a possibly trained animal that was um that was harassing Norwegian boats. And then recently there is another story that says Russian spy whale has defected to Norway, locals <laughs> claim. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of thought, oh yeah, it looks it looks a lot better here in Norway. <laughs> yeah, quite. Yeah. Clearly you can't buy a lot of loyalty with uh no. fish and I I don't know. Seems seems a shame. I would have expected better from a, from a whale. So what were the Russians hoping to achieve? What was the, uh, dare I say, porpoise behind oh, the... Uh... Oh, nice. What was the porpoise? Um, a beluga whale that may or may not have been trained to spy for Russia. <laughs> may or may not. May or may not. <laughs> okay. Who knows? Who may or may not So this story may be based on absolutely nothing. Yeah, may or may not have been a whale. Appears to have defected to Norway, refusing to stray more than a few miles from the small northern harbour where it was found on Monday and entertaining locals with tricks. So how, how was it... So it was spying. Well... But then how, how yeah, did well, the Russians kind of debrief Yeah, get the, the whale information back. In a series of clicks. Or, I mean, how helpful is that information going to be? Because the things <laughs> you want to know about aren't going to be the things a whale is interested in. <laughs> yes. Well, there's fish here and there's fish yeah. over there. And yeah, there was some fish. Click, click, click. Yeah, it's... I don't know. It seems like a bad... There, there's, a, there's a long history of military... Um, aquatic mammals, like people that the, the yeah, Americans tried to train the dolphins, that, yeah, and that didn't go very well. Um, there was a uh, there was like an underground science facility, underground underwater science facility called like Water Base Alpha or something, and they tried to train a dolphin to deliver mail between the between the pods, but that didn't work because. Did they not try one with chimpanzees? It was called Harrier 51. No. No, maybe not. So there's a picture on the screen there of, yeah. is that a beluga whale? I hadn't realised how white. Yeah, very white. And, and is that the one? Or is that just uh, an example of, because it's about to hit a woman on the head. It is. Or is she leaning over the side of a boat? So she's not underwater. She's not underwater. I think she's leaning over the side of the boat. Right. Lean... Lynn, the, the whale's been named? Oh. Oh, no. She's called Lynn Safer. <laughs> right. That makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah, that makes more sense. <laughs> she, they haven't given the, the whale a first and second name. Just wondering what you would call it. Yeah. A spying beluga. A sp- um, um. Uh, well, the obvious one is it's not good, but it's James Pond. Oh. But <laughs> se- several problems here. One. Yeah. Name's already taken. There was a, a video game character in the, in a series of 90s platformers called James Pond, yeah. who was a goldfish, uh, who was also a spy. 
um, in some extremely uninspired platformers. Oh, come on. <laughs> a goldfish is a spy. Yeah. I've got information for you. <laughs> oh. uh, what? Why am I here? <laughs> so, he'd <laughs> yeah. be useless. Yes. Be totally useless. So, uh, bad games as well. So, I, I want to suggest James Pond, but I feel like I'm... That's not quite my joke. It feels like that's twenty percent my joke, maybe generously, and mainly whoever made that terrible game. But you just thought of that now. I did. Yeah, just it just came. came someone to had already thought about it yeah. in a different context. I just went through yeah. the little file effects in my brain of of <laughs> stuff I've heard and file effects. <laughs> that's what it feels like. <laughs> Do you not know feel like sometimes when you're when you're actually searching for something to say? Like during the during the process of a joke forming in your head, it yeah. is like yeah. you're going. Did it? No, 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 no. Ah, yeah, there. For it me, is. it's index cards. But <laughs> I go back a bit more than. <laughs> I used to have a file of facts. I don't think I ever did. My mum yeah. definitely did. I remember her having literally, uh, you know, the yeah. spinning one. You'd on have every, oh a spinning one. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was on a it was on like a. That's not a file of facts, is it? I don't know. Ah, this is like a. Like a like, like a, book. Di- a diary type thing with a a clip oh. ring thing in the middle, so you could, you would put insert extra pages every year. Oh well, maybe I don't know. This, mm. this is very possible because of my maybe mine was a cheap fake. M- my tendency to accumulate approximate knowledge. Um, possibly what I'm thinking of was not a final facts, or there were just several. Mul- there were multiple different kinds. Uh, welcome to an episode of Identify <laughs> That Office Equipment. <laughs> Our first contestant yeah. is Richard. It's a staple topic. Are you ready to play, Richard? Um, we Our prizes today are the items that you identify. Um, hang on a minute. I'm just finding it on my tablet. Uh, this is normal for a professional game show on Channel 4. This episode is brought to you by... Uh, Ryman's by Ryman's that makes sense yes oh wow would you say that's a final facts Rolodex yes. that's what I meant yeah I was thinking of a Rolodex that's everyone it. goodbye <laughs> <laughs> I can just imagine as soon as I said it was on a spinning tube everyone at home going like Rolodex Rolodex Sam <laughs> Sam you're thinking of a Rolodex that's going to my final facts never did that <laughs> oh well just well, we've clearly identified that I don't know. 20 years too late. You could have combined the two and made a patent or something. Yeah. Oh, the the millions I would have made for a very brief period. How did we get from Beluga Whales to that? Um, oh, um, James Pond. Pond. James, there was, that was the link. He, what, what would you call a whale spy? Yeah. James Pond. Then about creating jokes by going through a file of facts. Oh, that was it, yes. And then me misidentifying. That's how your mind works, how my, which is evidently, evidently not in the way you think it does. No, broken and misshapen like a cake that's been in a washing machine. <laughs> um, I just like that image. On a high spin setting. Yes. I guess you would end up with probably nothing. If you did put a cake in a washing machine, I bet it would dissolve and be washed yeah. away down the drain. It would be. Uh, listeners, if sad. you want to put a cake in a washing machine and tell me what happens, um, I'm not responsible for breaking your washing machine. So, tweet me at ContrivePod on Twitter. <laughs> Sorry about your washing machine; <laughs> it might be broken. Uh, it'd be good for the sponge. I it suppose. was, yes. Yeah. 
It, it would. Uh, um, can't think of much else about the. Okay, I'm usually so good at puns. I haven't got anything. I can't think of any cake clothing related puns. Um, there's nothing there, is there? No. There's no. There's no crossover between no. baked goods <laughs> and clothing. Uh, sponge, cake, muffin. Got, I got nothing. We're just hemming and whoring. Hem, hem, like on yeah, clothes. Cool. That's all I've got. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, this is this is the serious podcast where we discuss um, uh, clothing cake pun crossovers. Uh, my guest today is the leading expert in clothing pun cake crossovers, uh, Richard Paulsford. Thank you for coming on, Rich. Yes, to this short podcast. <laughs> this very short podcast. <coughs> um, our our uh, our other guests uh, had to leave abruptly when they realised what it was, <laughs> but I luckily managed to to bolt the door before Richard could leave. They were dazzled, yeah, uh, and scared, or or just disappointed. <laughs> Any more news stories? <laughs> Let's have a look. Let's have a look through wacky. So this is what happens on here. Apparent that came up last episode. Apparently, there was trained by drug dealers to alert them to police presence is re- presence is refusing to speak after being detained. <laughs> I like that one. That parrot ain't no snitch. <laughs> um, uh, point, motorist lucky to be uninjured by turtle that flew through the air and shattered his windshield. Uh, that doesn't explain anything. It does doesn't it? really, does it? Why was the turtle flying? <laughs> so that, that story leads to a page that says, Unfortunately, our website is currently unavailable in most European countries. We're engaged on the issue and committed to looking at options that support our full range of digital offerings in the EU market. We can... So you're looking for a turtle story and you just got a shell page. I got a shell... <laughs> That's nice. Um, I just had to stick my neck out there. Nice. Um, what else we got? So some of it's just just a bummer. Like beekeepers hit hard by theft of hives. In sophisticated night heist, thieves are stealing thousands of bees. What do you do? Did they? Could they not get the word sting into that somehow? <sighs> Some somewhere. Let's let's have a look. This is National Geographic. They're usually fairly dry on the oh. on the headlines, aren't they? Um, Central Valley, California. Wednesday night around dinner time. Jeremy Coonan. Coonhan realised something was wrong a few days earlier blah 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 somebody stole bees that's the headline here that's what we want to take away from this story that is not easy is it no I mean you'd have to get kitted up and yeah. smoking you'd, them and absolutely not smoking them but you know yeah yeah, yeah. smoking not, you wouldn't smoke calm. a bee yeah, yeah you wouldn't smoke a bee uh, <laughs> that great I, do you remember what? that great campaign uh, PSA from the 90s you wouldn't smoke a bee you know, trying to stop children smoking bees. <laughs> it, was, it was a big problem when I Don't was at school. Don't do it, kids. Don't do it. You'll regret it. You will. Uh, you shouldn't smoke bees. Any, any... You'll come out in hives. <laughs> you will. You'll come out in hives. Get it? Um, That's what gay bees do, don't they? Oh. <laughs> oh, my. Uh... I guess they're stealing them to get the honey. But this seems like a lot of effort to go to. Yeah. I mean, would you... I don't know. Okay, so if you're... 
you get these things now, don't you, about uh, people stealing money from cash line machines. So you just like go in with a digger, yep. take the thing away, yep. deal with it. But with hives, I mean, how many? You, what can you bees, do? You got to then just for honey. Yeah, is it worth the effort? I don't is, know. How much is honey worth? It. That. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. That's unless you kind of end up cornering the market because you've taken all the bees. Yeah, and you've got the price all, goes up. And all of the bees, maybe then becomes more valuable. But or you've just, just got a sort of... Uh, also, I hope they planned ahead and like had some way to transport these bees properly and didn't just put them on the back seat. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not going to go well. I'm almost certain that's a plot point in, uh, in an episode of Arrested Development. Right. Somebody puts beehives in the back, of, back seat of their car. Oh, yes, it's Job. He puts it in the back of the limo. Yeah. And then all the bees escape into the limo and uh, sting everyone. Wow. There you go. Uh, Arrested Development Season 4. Not a good idea. No. Avoid uh, bee theft. Um, see some, the, Be good, these, children. These weird news stories are just kind of a bummer. Retired trooper says fraternal group kicked him out when he sounded alarm about selling state police apparel in gift shops. So that's just a thing about, like, shitty behaviour. That's <laughs> <laughs> just... Some people were jerks. Selling state police apparel in gift shops. Yeah, I guess... So things like handcuffs? I don't know. Clothes, like, the shirts and stuff? I'm not going to disable my ad... I love it when some websites come up and go, can you disable your ad blocker? No, I can't. <laughs> I don't want to. Your ads... There's so many pages where they don't load because of the garbage adverts or the, yeah. or the broken JavaScript in the adverts won't let the page load. Um... Yeah, it's just like uh, some. They were selling police stuff illegally, and he blew the whistle, and then they were like, "The whistle," <laughs> <laughs> which you couldn't find because because they sold it. Yeah. It's just sort of like oh, okay, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> it's just a bummer, <laughs> honey. I've bought a present for us it's a pair of handcuffs <laughs> thought you might like them yeah and uh, where'd you get those from oh well uh, <laughs> and a and a official New Jersey State Trooper shirt flap and, jacket yeah flap jacket flat, no, flat, flat, flat jacket flat not a flap jacket, jacket. flap yeah. jacket it's just a jacket with lot too many pockets it's like flapjack but yeah longer and you can wear it flap. a flap jacket is I think a, I must be hungry I didn't realise I just yeah can you thinking about flap jacks no I get it flap jacket so it's kind of like wearable clothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of lots of opportunities for wearable clothing. It's not explored enough. There's Which, when it gets dirty, you put in the washing machine. Exactly, and then and it goes away. <laughs> it dissolves. <laughs> it go, you don't yeah. have to deal with it anymore. Environmentally friendly. I've always been in favour of just fl- throwing things away when they get dirty. Yeah. Just just get rid of them. Literally, just washing it. Yeah. In the sink. I've just suddenly I've just realised this minute that my la- my. <laughs> Uh, the property manager has not repaired my broken oven and I've been living without... I've somehow managed to live without an oven for the last two weeks. Oh, I was wondering how long you're going to say. I thought you were going to say two years. Two years? It's, I just, just occurred it's to like, me. Hang on a minute. I haven't cooked anything <laughs> in the oven for two years. I've had takeaways for... Uh, I must remind myself yeah. to... to uh, what, what is this thing in the kitchen? <laughs> Why is Why this cupboard so taken weird? taken up all this space. Yeah. What's with this giant weird cupboard? Why don't we put stuff in it? Yeah. <laughs> What could possibly go wrong? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you end up putting. Um, I guess you could. You'd put Tupperware in there. Forget about it. 
it would melt. Yeah. You'd regret uh, well, it. Uh, this actually makes me think about uh, last week, mm. my daughter, I forget what it was she was heating up, but she'd left the spoon in the bowl. Yeah. And I, I, I never saw this happen. But it's only, only when the microwave pinged and she opened the door and we both looked horrified yeah. that this metal spoon yeah, yeah. had gone in the microwave. But nothing had happened. Yeah. We kind of thought, well, that was a bit disappointing. Well, I there think should have been at least a fire or... Yeah, or something. Sparks. Something, or, yeah, but yeah. no. I think modern microwaves are better with, with that kind of thing. But still, yeah, you, you want, you'd want to like be justified in all those years of going like... Because you tell your kids, you know, like, be safe, be safe, don't do this, don't do that. You know, yes. Whatever you do, don't put metal in the microwave. Absolutely, And then yeah. like, open the door and... Oh, it's fine. Nothing happened. Yep. So, well, Dad, I don't think anything you say is true. <laughs> It's it's perfectly safe to light the gas or just put the gas on and forget to light it. Absolutely. So, yeah, it was a a strange moment, just that reveal as the microwave door opened. Yeah, and it not being, it's actually not a problem. That's metal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, the the casing of a microwave is metal. The inside of the case is is metal. I think it's to do with the size of the pieces of metal. Hmm. I don't have the facts on this. Is this is you might need to Google this yourself, listeners, before you fill your microwave with cutlery. Yes, don't do this at home. Do not do this at home. You cannot microwave metal, but it's something to do with the size of the pieces of metal. Because the problem is that the microwaves vibrate things and they superheat small pieces of metal. So then you can end up with like super. If you've got a fork in something liquid, that the liquid will become superheated and explode. Right, that was, I think, the thing because it would go past its boiling point, turn into gas, and throw itself up in the air because of the prongs of the fork being having a small surface area. But hmm. that is based on very old knowledge and is spurious at best. So, um, like, if you put tin foil in the microwave, yeah, that does because of the surface area because it's so thin that really heats up and catches on fire. Okay, uh, and also. Um, cutting grapes in half if you cut a grape and leave it like a little connected bit and put them in put them in the microwave if it's in the right place they'll do like a little fiery plasma dance oh wow that's what you get but don't 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 but don't do this at home (laughs) but definitely don't do that but I might be doing it (laughs) Um, with a fire extinguisher at hand yeah just in case you blow up so um, I'm making sure the house insurance is gonna, fully up to date. I'm going to go and buy some shares in um, Curry's, I think, for all the people replacing their microwaves after this. Yes. <laughs> Don't do this at home. Yeah, but you know. But we already have. If you do, send me a video. I want to see your, yeah. <laughs> I want to see your microwave explode. I want to see the, the terrible disaster that occurs. Yeah, right. And on that note, we're going to take a short break. Thank you for listening. <clears throat> Welcome back to Contrived and Insufferable. Uh, I'm here with, with guest uh, Richard Pulsford. We had a, a lovely break. We um, took a stroll along the canal, uh, went to uh, went up the I-360, saw, saw all the sights, and came back to record the rest of this, feeling refreshed and reinvigorated with the joys of life. I, I actually thought... You know, the, I didn't know it was called the I three sixty until I walked past just now. Mm-hmm. But I actually thought it was broken because right. I remember some vague story about it not working. Right? It was that when it first started? Uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe they probably had so some TV because I saw this thing on the seafront and I thought, oh, it's just a massive phallus. 
uh, it's ob- and obviously they never finished it off because it wasn't working. Yeah. And now when I walked along, and this thing going up the middle, I thought, yeah. oh, it's working. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. How stupid did I feel? Well, so I've taken photos now yeah. walking past, so I can it's, show people uh, back I, home. I went up it. Um, I think this is, I think we talked about this on another episode, but went up it with Annie, and we got like a, a residence discount because. <laughs> We live in the a BN postcode. Don't live in it. Live, we live. We live in the ICC. Yeah, um, <laughs> we live in the uh, in in the area. So, uh, so it was nine pounds instead of mm-hmm. seventeen or whatever. It's like yeah. half price. Uh, and nine pounds felt about right. It felt like nine pounds worth of experience. Yeah. yeah. But eighteen pounds, I'm like, mm, mm, don't know, don't know. I wouldn't go on it again. I don't think. I yeah, it's often the way. If I'm visiting somewhere, I, I, and exactly, you kind of have your mind's eye view of how much something might be worth. But yeah. because you're there, you're visiting, you feel obliged to do whatever yes. it is. Yeah, yeah. But if you're left feeling, well, I've been fleeced here. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I didn't feel that. That's what. That's why it sort of felt right for nine quid. I was like, yeah, that was. So does it just does it go up and then does it kind of hang around? Yeah, for, for a, while a little bit and then yeah. go back down. I think the whole trip is like half an hour in total. Right. Okay, so you get a chance to look around. Yeah. But is, is it like the London Eye where you, you're committed to a slot? Yes. Uh, so come rain or shine. Yeah. Or, or thunder. Or thunder or anything, I might yeah. go hailstorms, might Yeah, you? yeah. But does it feel perfectly safe? It does, yeah. It felt yeah. very stable. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not I'm not scared of height. I don't, I've never had a real issue with heights. I'm not, I mean, a glass floor would might be a step too far. You know, yeah. That, that might be me going, no, I'm all right. Thanks yeah. for it, for it. but I, I don't have a problem with heights, and it um, it didn't feel problematic. Yeah, uh, it didn't spark any any underlying <laughs> height phobias. Because I, I live in Scotland, so I climb a lot of the mountains. Mm. <clears throat> Do you know about Munro bagging? No. So there's uh, 282 peaks known as Munros over 3,000 feet, right? And a lot of people aim to sort of climb all of them, mm-hmm. and I've done more than half. But I actually, I'm not that good with heights, ironically. But I never quite know if I'm setting out on a, one of these mountains mm-hmm. quite how it's going to be. So some are, some are relatively easy, but some are quite exposed in places. Right. And sometimes you're committed on a walk yeah, once yeah. you've set off. You know, yeah. you've got, you have to go along a particular ridge or something. And uh, so <laughs> like now, talking about it, it's like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I'm doing the Munros and I'm yeah. ticking them off. But then when, you, when you're on the mountain, sometimes you think, why the hell am I doing this? <laughs> um so even something like the i360 i'm looking at it thinking I'm not sure i'd really like that I'm sure but this is like a hill walker talking i just yeah yeah i think this is quite on a, crazy but on a hill that feels very different you like being three thousand feet up on it on a mountain feels very different from being three thousand feet up on anything else because it's like solid ground all the way up and although there's probably yeah. bits which are steeper inclines than others you you got up there on your own on your own power, didn't you? It wasn't like a yeah, but you get bits. So it's called scrambling, where you actually start to use your hands oh, as well as your feet. Oh, so I... it's bits like that, oh, okay. and, and it's exposed, and there might be sheer drops. And, right, and some people just you know have no problem whatsoever with it. Yeah. But as soon as I feel any kind of exposure, or and if there is anything like that, then yeah, that would uh, yeah, yeah, I get it. And obviously, you wouldn't get that on the i three sixty, but it's still that, that feeling of yeah. I guess it's like being trapped in a way mm-hmm. inside something and it's you don't have control over what's mm-hmm. happening and I, it doesn't seem like a natural thing to be up a height <laughs> where you're not in control you know? yeah. but obviously 
Oh, is there, there's the walkways, isn't there? Is it in? Uh, is it in the? Uh, what do you call it? The <laughs> the place in the US, the Grand Canyon. Oh right, is it yeah. there where you have the glass walkway? Oh, I don't know. You, you, there's like a semicircle you can walk out. Oh wow! And it is like a sheer drop of thousands of feet, and it's just a glass walkway, and you walk out along it. Hmm. No. Not for me. No, I don't. No. I would. I probably would do it um, as a ma- as a matter of like proving to myself that I could, but I don't think I'd enjoy it. I think yeah. I'd just be like, right, I'm going to do this. <laughs> Which would be like me going to the i360 and having to pay £17. Yeah. It would be the same feeling. It would be, yeah. I feel obliged to do there's, it, because I'm not enjoying spending that money. Totally. There's, there's, <laughs> a def- yeah. there's a definite value to to experiences, even like ones you probably shouldn't have paid the amount that you did for. If the experience is worth it, then, the, you know. Well, this is like one of the things about hill walking is it's it's it is entirely your experience yeah and, and there's something quite pleasing about posting photos afterwards and thinking well I, you know I, this is my mm-hmm. backyard and yeah, it, yeah. Is, it is fantastic and people respond to what they're seeing the of what you're posting so it, it that that feels good and mm-hmm. it's it's a free yeah experience and so some of these things are yeah yeah some are free yeah. well it hasn't been monetized yes yeah. somehow they haven't managed to find a way to monetize yeah. mountains yet <laughs> Well, my my plan is that we're going to um, we're going to monetize the sky. So anyone who looks up from now on has to pay us a pound. Uh, so I think it's going to work. We're going to be rich because we're going to enforce this somehow. You and me, uh, we're going to be millionaires. What's going to happen every time people look up? Yeah, every time anyone looks up, we're going to charge them a pound. <laughs> Because the sky belongs to us now. <laughs> I think this could be quite hard to enforce. Um, we need. Well, helpers. you just you looked up just then, just as you were thinking about it. You looked up, so you owe me a pound. I owe you a pound. <laughs> yes, I thought we were in this together. Well, what's you, going on? You, you weren't one hundred percent on board, so I was. I'm just the brains of the operation. Oh, I see. Thinking through, how is it going to work? Okay. Well, I'm going to. Get everyone to sign a bit of paper that says, I promise to pay you a pound if yeah, I ever look Yeah, well, that would be easy, won't it? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> People love signing stuff. You should see them. Just sign this. Just, just sign this. Just, yeah. I would say it's a, like for saving some orphans or It'd something. be like people with clipboards in the street. Yeah. So, so just, like, I'll, I'll leave you alone as long as you just sign here. Yeah. Yeah. And then we'll be, we'll be millionaires. Yeah. Did you just look up there? <laughs> <laughs> it's so easy. I don't know why I haven't done it. Let's go and do it now. <laughs> Quickly. Let's make an I'm un- sick of eating this peacock. Unenforceable. I've had enough peacock to, to last me. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, the current um, the business strategy is to make a startup, get, get a Kickstarter, make a, make a startup company that does some stupid bullshit, mm. get it big enough, and then sell it before anyone realizes what a terrible idea it was. Yeah. So, you know, you just have to think of some... So you've already come up with something which was a, like a, a cross between a Filofax and a Rolodex. Yeah. Yep. So a Rolofax. Roll yeah. Yeah. You've beaten to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a Filodex. Wait. Filodex. Yeah. Filofax. Rolodex. Rolofax. It, all of these names are great. Yeah. Um, it accomplishes the same thing, uh, but it costs twice as much. And having a, 
a name is very important, isn't it? Oh yeah. yeah. Well, if it was today, it would be, it would be whatever the name of the thing was, but missing some vowels. So mm. it would be, and with a Lee on the full end. Of, full of or it would be Filify, because everything is a fi on the end, like Shopify and Spotify. So uh-huh. it would be Filify, F O L O F Y, F I L O F Y. Well, right, and I sell people. As you were thinking about that, you looked up. You owe me a pound. <laughs> I did. God damn it! <laughs> I um, and I'll charge it to be a monthly subscription service, and every month I'll send people one uh, A6 sheet of paper with that day's date written on it. It'll be yeah. just like Monday. You'll just get a Monday, and then you have to collect collect all seven, and then keep going, and then you can build up your whole diary from there on a monthly. It's like thirty nine ninety nine a month. For one piece of paper, very reasonable. Which is like, mm, don't know, that's more than two trips up the i three sixty. Exactly. So it's a, it's a lot, but it's worth it. Think yeah. of all the value you're getting. You'll be at all. all um, we need to do like marketing campaigns. Usually, either revolve around the phrase "the future in your hands," which is meaningless, or that it's a productivity thing that is going to make you more productive or help you get to sleep because everyone is like worried about getting fired and can't sleep because of the capitalist nightmare that we live in right <laughs> so you just need to um to capitalize on on people's fears uh, yeah. about the future it's like where this podcast comes in to help people <laughs> yeah, exactly. get to sleep <laughs> to help people get to sleep find it very soothing people are always saying sam your your <sighs> grating voice is <laughs> it's very soothing um, the thing is, if people but, are about to fall asleep listening to this, yeah. their eyes will be closed and you can't tell if they're looking up. Exactly. So you won't be able to charge them. I won't be able to charge them. So everyone's going to have to keep their eyes open from now on mm. uh, all the time. Sleep. As they glaze over, <laughs> looking upwards. Yeah, looking upwards and and gently weeping. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what we're doing inside now. Yeah, we're all, aren't we all just <laughs> crying, crying a little bit inside? I think so. Uh I'm wet inside. Yeah, we, I mean we all are. We're yeah. ma- mainly water. Yeah, I'm just adding to that. Yeah, by drinking, adding some a little more. bit more. It does feel it does feel a little bit bullshit that we're seventy percent water and our body's still like more. It, it's 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 bad marketing, isn't it? <laughs> if, you, if you're trying to sell a human being in, yeah. in the sense of how great we are, you yeah. don't start by saying, "Well, it's seventy percent." It's water. mostly water, so it's mostly that yeah. stuff that comes out of taps. It's not. Great marketing, isn't it? yeah, and the rest of it is like just, just any old garbage. Tears, tears. and <laughs> tears and bones. Weeping. <laughs> yeah, mix. Take and uh, bits of peacock that's stuck in your throat. <laughs> take fifty kilograms of water and add sadness. <laughs> <laughs> you get you get a homunculus crawls out of it, and that's a human. Welcome to the twenty first century. Yes, yeah. there's a there's a game called. Um, I think it was Castlevania Symphony, Symphony of the Night, which has some of the worst dialogue of any piece of media ever ever made. There's a bit where an ancient vampire says to to a man, "What is a man but a pile of pathetic dreams?" And oh. it's like bad dialogue, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good, good point. Can't argue with that. Yeah, <laughs> he's not wrong. He's a jerk, but he's not wrong. <laughs> Yeah, just needs better marketing. Exactly. Yes, again. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Let's go to uh, let's go over to the screen. We've got grub up maggot ice cream. Anyone? 
Oh, God, no. Maggot ice cream touted as an eco-friendly alternative to the traditional dairy-made treat. Um, That won't fly. (laughs) Raspberry Ripple, chocolate chip, or maggot. Yeah. Uh, Fans of the sweet treat could soon find grubs... Fans of the sweet treat could soon find grubs up in their cornet with the fly larvae being touted as a high-protein and sustainable alternative to the traditional dairy frozen product. Bug ice cream, world's first. Their sign, the bug ice cream sign is almost certainly handmade. Yeah, yeah. It looks handmade. I don't... I don't... I, being the connoisseur that I am try and avoid buying food from places that have handmade signs <laughs> now it sounds snobbish mm. I'm sure mm. and I probably have bought things from certain places where like a chalkboard right fine yeah no problem you yeah. did you got a chalkboard and you can change the price you can change whatever yeah. the, the things on there a piece of brown packing paper <laughs> with permanent marker written yeah. on it in a fairly good hand whoever did this did a pretty good job but which is probably recycled maggot box packaging or something. Maggot, maggot box. Oh. <laughs> I guess you got to get maggots from somewhere. Yeah, I mean, um, is this like the bee thing again? Are they? It's all stolen. Being... Yeah, stolen maggots. Uh, Leah Besser, head of product development at Gourmet Grub, said insects are typically Gourmet environmentally Grub. friendly and sustainable to farm because they use very little land, water, and food to grow on. They aren't at risk of climate change because you can grow them in a controlled environment sort of an sort enclosed, of an enclosed sort area. of an enclosed area but not, but not but not entirely enclosed so like a box with no lid <laughs> what, what do yeah. you mean they can fly away just a house so you don't have the effect of drought and all those other things that are associated with climate change and that's what really okay I'm not sure about I mean it's true that bugs are sustainable but it's still farming it's still like if you do it on a big enough scale i bet you can make it environmentally damaging because <laughs> yeah. keeping a cow keeping one cow that's fine right mm. it's when you've got a hundred thousand cows yeah you know hmm. uh, just feeling slightly nauseous <laughs> about this story <laughs> let's yeah. move on yeah. So like lo- locusts, I mean, they yeah. people eat locusts, don't they? Grasshoppers yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. I've eaten them. But, but um, I've eaten insects. Oh, have you done that? Yeah, yeah. they're fine. They they and they're just sort of crunchy. You just have to pretend you're eating something else. Yeah. Um. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say go out of your way to do it, but no, in a pinch. I wouldn't. I suppose it's probably not far removed from say eating a king prawn where the yeah. thing's looking at you yeah yeah as you pull it apart and yeah it's um yeah it's, apologies to any vegetarians yeah sorry about this this hasn't been a particularly veggie friendly episode so when it comes to eating insects where does that stand on the well i guess i, I guess everyone first of all would be making their own minds up there isn't a really a precedent in mm. in the in culture but maybe piscatarians would eat insects and vegetarians wouldn't I don't know. Seeing as vegans are avoiding all the products of living creatures and living yeah. creatures themselves, that seems to pre- preclude so insects. A chance then for your listeners to, <laughs> yeah, phone in. Phone what, in. Do, what do they do? Phone in. File, uh, file a fax. In. File a fax. Get your file a fax. 
flip it over to C. You'll find the number there for contrived and insufferable. Uh, ring that. Um, tell me what's on the other end of it because I'd love to know. I haven't set up a phone line for this. <laughs> if the if you have a Filofax, if you are clearing out your your grandparents' home after they have passed away, and you find a Filofax and it has, or even just clearing out their home, and just they clear, haven't passed away. They're just they? there. You just what are you doing? You've just got too much stuff. <laughs> We're <Grandad>. still alive. <laughs> well, stop clearing out. Our you've home. got too many Filofaxes, so I'm clearing this one out, and this one has a number in it for contrived and insufferable podcast from the 70s before even podcasts were even a thing uh ring it and tell me what happens if it if you get cursed because you rang an enchanted phone number then that's on you i i can't help you with that this could be the start of like the end of the world as someone rings a number and it yep. ends up and it starts some... yeah they say like oh alpha alpha zero go and then the world ends because that was turns out that was the number to blow up the world. Oh. Um, maybe a bad idea to have one phone number that anyone could call <laughs> that ends the world. But you know these these are the things that happen, or not, or not. Who knows? Thing is, we'll never know. We'll never know because if it does end, we'll That'll just be, be yeah. we'll just be gone. Yeah. So we'll just if, be seventy percent water. If you're listening to this, that didn't happen. If you're not listening to this, you're asleep. It, you're asleep. You don't know about this podcast. You do know about it, but don't like it. You didn't get this far in this episode. You aren't alive yet. You died already. I'm well, amazed I've got this far in this episode. <laughs> most people, you know, most people leave after 20 minutes or something. Solid gold and yours to use. Uh, a golden toilet. Golden toilet by Catalan to be installed at Blenheim Palace. An 18 karat gold fully operational toilet is to be installed at Blenheim Palace and members of the public will be able to use it. Is that not just from Trump Tower or something? Well, quite. Yeah. Yes. Um, I don't know a huge amount about the properties of gold, not being a metallurgist myself. Um, I was under the impression it was a fairly soft metal. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know, making hinges and things out of gold, yeah. is that a good idea? Mm. I like the way it's, does it say a fully operational uh, toilet? That's what it says. Yeah. yeah. So as opposed to what? A, kind a, of, a semi, uh, yeah, semi-operational. Se- you, you can shit into it, but then nothing happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just a non-operational. That's toilet. just a, like a lid that only goes halfway down or something. Or something. Like, yeah. Uh, it sort of flushes, but not very well. I don't. Oh, that'd be like most toilets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's yeah. sort of, a, it's a bit of a non-story really, because what, well, like, yeah. So it, it's to be installed at Blenheim Palace. That's what it says. Is that not? Is that like a property? Uh, is that like a private property then? Now? Donald Trump was offered it after being oh. told he could not borrow a fragile Van Gogh uh, to hang in the White House. Yeah. I just said I just said Van Gogh, which is how I did that yesterday. Yeah, I found myself saying Van Gogh, and I thought, my, I'm turning American. Well, why did I do? Also, that? it's apparently supposed to be pronounced Van Hook. That is. Van like Hook. Van Hook, the 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 oh. my poor English pronunciation of the Dutch name. Huh. Uh, so I doubly I knew the right answer and said it wrong anyway. Founder at the Blenheim Art Foundation, Edward Spencer Churchill, who's almost certainly extremely posh, said it would be a novelty, even for him, <laughs> which is a which is a weird brag. <laughs> 
Because it's normally just silver. Yeah, normally I yeah I have a, pu- a pewter toilet. toilet. I have a palladium toilet, of course, like yeah. everyone else does. What you don't have titanium? And you, yeah. <laughs> no, I have a porcelain toilet, like a normal person. Uh, despite being born with a silver spoon in my mouth, a silver. I have never had a shit on a golden toilet. Huh. The word shit is um, on ob- a golden toilet. Obviously, in a golden well, toilet. In a Oh, yeah, that's a, that's like the the in on confusion in in English. You're in a car, but you're on a bus. Oh yeah, on a train. Go mm-hmm. off the train. You're going to electrocute yourself. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But you're in a car. Yeah. Because you're you're inside the train as much as you are inside a car. Yeah. Yeah. Prepositions. Yep. Yeah. So like trying to learn German, and you go, well, it's auf for this, and it's yes for that. Yes. Yeah. I, it, there's I, no rhyme or reason. I got um, an unmarked at GCSE German, so I'm not the person to ask. <laughs> unmarked, so a, a U post Euro. Basically, a, a got no marks, no marks, no just, marks, no Fenigs, just Euros. Uh, just Euros. Um, that was a that was a funny time learning German because halfway through me learning German for GCSE Germany got rid of the S set which is the B with the little tail oh yeah that makes a double S that set that made me very sad um, but we had to keep learning it because it was on syllabus yeah so we so the whole of Germany was like no that letter sucks get rid of it and they just kept it in like place names and, and proper nouns I quite like it yeah it's, it's cool like, it's nice it's, it's, cool. Like, it's got a nice shape to it yeah. it's, it's unusual it's that isn't it and it's called what again S set S sets, yeah, I think. And so. then the uh, umlauts, mm-hmm. they got rid of those. Well? Oh, did they? I so, don't know. So it's like O E. Yeah, the for the of O with the two dots. Yes, etc. Oh, I see. They changed yeah. it. So, so. Uh, well, I don't know how official it is. Ah, uh, right. It's probably like metric measures here that you kind of yeah know what they are, but not everybody uses them. Yes. Well, we have a, an official mixed system of measurement in this country, which is like baffling. Why would you decide? You're like, we're going to measure distance in miles, but weight in grams. Yeah. And, and weather forecasts, of which half the time is, so it's going to be warm tomorrow, it's going to be 20 degrees centigrade, that's 68 degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> it's just a conversion scale yeah. rather than the weather forecast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or 293 Kelvin. Yes. On a lot of um, a lot of science YouTube channels, all sort of general YouTube channels, whenever they're using units of anything, they'll put the other unit up. So if they're using metric, they'll put imperial up on the screen just as text. Yeah. Which I think is a nice way to do it because it stops that kind of word salad of a sentence <laughs> yeah. going on. But people are still getting the information they need. And another thing about weather forecasts, uh, they always say from the word go. So from, oh, right. uh, there'll be showers from, from the, the word, word go. go. And they always use that phrase. And it, it doesn't yeah. mean anything. It really doesn't, does it? No. So 20 degrees centigrade is so precise. 68 Fahrenheit. Uh, from the word go. From the word go. As soon as what does that mean? As soon as Father Time comes down <laughs> and rings the bell. Did someone say go yet? Yeah. No. Well, it can't be twenty degrees centigrade. Well, I guess yet, it's then. not then. From the word go. Yeah. I don't know what it's they mean by weird, that. Weird, isn't it? Weather forecasts are weird. A bit like uh, phrases that come into project management speak. So people now say going forward. Yes. So we're going to do that going forward. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to, I've heard that. We're, we're going to do that. We're going to do that. Why it implies that going forward. That we will, you don't need to specify the... Time goes forward. You'd have to say, we're going to be doing that going backwards. No. Or not doing anything in time. <laughs> just in the... 
<laughs> so why is yeah. just totally meaningless? It is. But everybody says it because they do. it just they, catches it on. Sounds, like a, it, it makes it sound more businessy, I think. It makes it sound like you know what you're talking about yeah. or, or you've got a plan. But yeah. yeah, going forward. Going forward. Into the future, people. Yeah, I mean, the if you, say, if you said, uh, uh, we're going to be doing this now from this point on was henceforth. Yeah. But you just sound like, well idiotic. Done. Unnecessary. But because everybody says going forward, oh, yeah, that's perfectly yeah, normal. Forward. Yeah, we'll accept Obviously that. going forward. It's not going backwards, is it? You don't need to specify, like, the future imperfect, uh, future imperfective. I've forgotten my tenses and aspects. Something like that. Future tense, but then it's an ongoing thing, so it's in, in, oh, imperfective. I know what you mean. Uh, it's not transitive. No. no. Impassive is something else. Something like that. Hmm. And, then, and then moves. Yeah. A continual action, continual action in the future. I think it's imperfect. Maybe this is why people say going forward. Maybe it is, because yeah. it's too complicated to try Can't and remember your, remember your tenses, aspects and moods from... Uh, I did not get taught at school. Just pissed off. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Just, just or crying inside. Just having a little cry. Uh, I think that uh, that wraps us up for for this episode. Um, This has been thoroughly enjoyable. Um, Do you have any upcoming shows? So this is going out mid June. Have any upcoming shows? So, uh, so I think I mentioned about three different shows. Yes. So Edinburgh Fringe, I will be doing my solo comedy show. Mm And three editions of It Just So Happens, right. the podcast. Leading up to that, there's some festivals in July. So I don't have all the details to hand, but I will be appearing at festivals, including Guildford, Reading, Buxton, yep. Bedford. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, if you... Uh, probably e- one or two others. Yeah. Email me the details. I'll yeah. put it in show notes. Oh, and, and then yeah. they'll, they'll be in there for everyone. I look forward to June when the weather warms up. Yes. Won't it be nice? Mm. Uh, Actually, it's wait. only next month, isn't it? It is. It's not. It's yeah. uh, Well, it's it's now. So It's uh, now. It's now. In terms of the podcast. Yes. yes. But it's it's next month. Yeah, it'll be nice. Can't wait. Get down on the beach. It's lovely down there. Yeah. Um, I've been Sam Ray, your host. If you would like to leave us a five-star review, that would be much appreciated. On iTunes is the best place to do it. That's where it gets the most visibility. It really helps if if anyone does want to do that um, because it means uh, people get to see it. More people hear about it. I can I can hand out flyers at um, short-form gigs in Aylesbury uh, all day long, um, but there's there's nothing like word of mouth to, to convince people, even though I do personally believe that making podcast recommendations is an act of violence. Um, but you should tell people about this. Do an act of violence on your friends uh, and tell them to listen to Contrived and Insufferable. I've been Sam Ray, my, go- uh, my guest. I was about to say my ghost. Um, my, my, my guest I'm today... I'm in spirit. <laughs> my guest today was Richard Paulsford. Uh, thank you for coming. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. No problem. Uh, goodbye. Goodbye.